let's just get into it starting now starting now first things first how you doing i'm doing pretty good you know i just came back from the pet store so feeling pretty gassed up off of that very nice very nice may is taking care of i assume yeah i got her a new collar oh okay very nice she kept getting um she kept getting her tongue stuck to the other one i don't know how she did it like three times her tongue so, in the collar yeah yeah her tongue was like stuck in the collar like because you know they have those little hooks on their tongues right so her collar she was scratching at it and it got like all frayed up one of the little hooks on her tongue or a bunch of them got like stuck like wrapped around like a loop of fabric and she's like making this like droning note i don't know whatever i threw out the i threw out the other things well that's unfortunate but i hope she's doing good i hope she's doing better with her new she's collar fine. yeah all right my brother so let's uh let's talk about let's talk about our history per se our um, history like specifically at least like our yeah, esports history, not like a, you know, because we go way. These people don't know we go way back, but like yeah, I've known, I've known, I've known this man since two thousand nine. Yes, sir, two thousand nine, yeah. first year of high school. We just dated ourselves, but that's okay. Um, but we've been going to tournaments together since two thousand sixteen. I think might have been earlier. It's either fifteen or sixteen. And not even like two years later, stuff happened, and you became the head TO of Buffalo. Yeah. So, so kind of like, because you know that was that was a process we almost did together, but I was in college. But talk me through, I guess the processes in the way beginning of like learning how to run tournaments and whatnot. I'm somebody who tends to start things and then realize that like oh man i might not want to do this but i'm already too like into it you know what i mean yeah um toing toing started off originally i felt i that i needed to do something for the community right so we were running these bi-weekly tournaments at the renaissance club in north tonawanda yeah they used and... to be bi-weekly i almost forgot about that yeah yeah they used to be bi-weekly and then we had no stream we had no like recording setup we were running it on like big hd tvs that we had to take down from like these big shelves on the walls so a real a real trap house type operation no internet or like the internet they did have was like a little bit better than dial up so i couldn't stream there but what i wanted to do was i wanted to be able to at least record matches with commentary and upload them so people could watch them later and and get better you know Mm -hmm. So I started doing that, and over time, the guy that I probably shouldn't use his name. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to talk about my predecessor, my Buffalo To predecessor, all that much. But challenge my choice. Who... But yeah, you, we could talk about him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the guy who came before me was running tournaments alongside with a with a nice guy, a nice guy. Brad is his name. Brad Wong. Yeah. was doing um smash tournaments at this place we were doing melee we were doing smash 4 and the smash 4 to was becoming less and less popular in the community i guess he was doing a lot of just weird grimy stuff like he was already a little bit of a strange guy but people really started not liking what he was doing with you know putting pot bonuses on what are those little toys called? on amiibo tournaments um, and nothing else just the pop bonuses for amiibo tournaments it yeah was, it was odd. just amiibo <laughs> tournaments he'd be like yeah i'm putting a hundred dollars on this bi-weekly and then you get there and it's like yeah it's gonna be for the amiibo tournament and also my amiibos are like hacked and have all the maximum stats yeah so, like, have have fun um, a lot of people really didn't like that so over time, people, I guess, saw me taking a more active role and just helping running Bracket and stuff like that, and also running the stream, which was just me hitting record on my laptop. Uh, not my laptop, my desktop. I was Yo. lugging my, my built, fully built desktop, <laughs> strapping that joint in with a seatbelt and driving back and forth, taking that in and out of my house every two weeks to go to these things. And then, you know, 
manually recording everything and like never having the sound levels right. Yeah. But eventually, people people got sick of people got really sick of this guy, and I remember he said something along the lines of, "If you don't like how I do things at my tournaments, don't show up." So things really sort of the stars really aligned for us because there was a tournament in Fredonia on the same day as the monthly that he was trying to host because he was trying to do a big monthly with Game On. Game On hasn't really come into the picture yet, but yeah. he was trying to do like a big monthly with them and he wanted it to pop off and he wanted all the Buffalo people there. And maybe five people showed up to that because everybody else by then had just been convinced like we're going to that Fredonia tournament. And we did. So he made this big rant on Facebook, just he completely blew up talking about how like he hated the community and how he was just mostly around to to get like his his money and all sorts of just nonsense. Right. Right. The guy, Brad, hits me up and says, hey, you want to start running Smash 4 for me? And I'm like, sure. So then I became the Smash 4 TO for I think it was called brackles tournaments at the time yes brackles yep it was it was brackles tournaments at the renaissance club at the ren club and i just remember like i just remember trying to run tournaments and just running into so many issues right so at at this point i'm full on like buffalo to still running the recordings and stuff mm -hmm. at that venue trying to expand working with arcway gaming if you remember um if you remember that oh of course of course yeah that's og buffalo smash lore man so we had all that stuff and the venue itself just sucked like you you need when you're when you're doing smash tournaments if you want to provide the experience that so many other weeklies and, and monthlies and regionals will provide, you need monitors, gaming monitors, you know, you need good internet, and you just need a nice space that people like spending time in. Like, those three things are really big, and so many, so many venues fail, so many tournaments fail, because they can only give you, like, one or two. Yeah. I, I reached out to Game On, who was doing our free thing, we, we had like a free meetup every Wednesday and then also one on, on Saturday with the FGC guys. And I said, listen, we have an opportunity here to really take this to the next step community wise. People are, are very much interested. They want me to run a tournament here. Like, let's do it. And Game On was like, okay. And then we started the Game On bi-weekly and then we sort of, we split from, from Brackles there because I remember at some point I was going to do both. I was going to do the Brackles oh, bi-weekly, wow. and I was going to do the Game On bi-weekly, and they were going to alternate. Yeah, But then people, people stopped showing up to the Brackles one. So I'm like, okay, well, mm -hmm. I don't really – like, this isn't really worth my time to, to come all the way out here. So I stopped doing it, and then, and then it became like a whole thing. People got mad. I, I remember Brad was like kind of upset about it. I came back for one more Smash tournament to run it, and I think I had less than 10 entrants. Oh wow! So, I didn't know it got like that. That's crazy. It makes sense because yeah. it was just so like far out, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say like it was very much. Um, you know, Smashers don't got cars for the yeah, most part. Yeah, so it wasn't even Game On wasn't amazing to get to, but but Game On at least was right by a bus stop. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you could get to Game On to get out to the Renaissance Club required just. A degree of nonsense that just never really worked for a lot of people. It yeah. worked for some people because some people lived out there, but at the end of the day, like I didn't. <laughs> and if I was gonna be the TO, like I'm gonna at least I'm at least gonna have to go to a venue that that really that I like. And I hated the Renaissance Club. Do you remember? Do you remember when we were in the middle of our, our like our our tournament and you know the guys that would go out back and get drunk and play bocce ball came in once and started calling us all virgins that did happen i that almost did forgot happen. all right we used to have to deal with drunk uh yeah italians all the time <laughs> so for the people that never been inside the venue it doubled as like we i guess like a rec room where we were 
and right around the corner of like of the room there was like a bar and that's where like you know the uh the other folks i would call them would hang out and sometimes we'd come in for food but like we didn't stay too long because we knew you know we wasn't like too wanted in there but yeah i forgot about that time they came in and it was like yeah look at these virgins crazy crazy like the the venue itself was i think it was just like a random italian community center out in north tanawanda so not not the greatest location yeah i don't know if you know about north tanawanda <laughs> but not the greatest location yeah now a form, yo a former sundown town <laughs> now it's the, the dots are connecting wow we were out there that's we were crazy really out there we were really out there and then and then we moved to game on yeah and that was that was a whole nother that was a whole nother era that was we did the first quit your friendlies there we we uh did what else did we do besides quit your friendlies i worked with uh the fgc guys on tfgt and the the red bull stuff yeah and all all sorts of cool stuff that we did we did when i worked there i did bachelor parties madden tournaments kids birthday parties smash tournaments um we did something for league of legends all sorts of all sorts of dope stuff so game on definitely was a huge huge upgrade over the renaissance club like, yeah and just like a huge asset for buffalo esports and gaming in general it was such a loss when we lost it but let me uh let's switch gears here let's talk about how once when you took over being to it's pretty safe to say that like you were universally accepted and loved throughout the community you know everyone loves Zambo. so i don't want to ask why do you think that is but like what do you think you're doing that just makes you you know that guy in the community um you know i've i've gotten better at this over time so i don't want anybody listening to think that i've just been good the entire time because i've had my ups and downs for sure something that i that i do now i try my best to act in maybe not my best interest all the time but i always try to provide the best that i can personally for the community you know what i mean sometimes mm. that means you have to take an l and i am the master of knowing how to take an l <laughs> like listen if you're thinking about becoming a to in a smaller region if you really want to get if you really want to bring people the type of things that they see on on twitch if you want like that high level talent the high level production values like it, unless you have a local business that's willing to just run it up for you like you're gonna you're gonna invest a good amount of money that you may never see back so that's an l that i've been taking for years that i'm not i don't have an exact dollar sign amount because i don't really care that much obviously but just always acting in the best interest interest of the community is really good and trying not to be a dickhead you know i think we can all fall into it especially in like yeah situations where you're working in a stressful environment like being a to can be but going out of your way to not be a dickhead in a world full of dickheads i think really helps also you, i'm kind of funny you know your twitter your twitter do got me uh I always get a nice chuckle from browsing what you have to say. But yeah, I think the golden rule in a lot of social situations, when I was an RA, my golden rule, I only had one. It was don't be a dickhead. It was like that phrasing exactly. And let me, you know, it's just so hard for some people to not break that rule. Now, oh, for sure, you've been running the, the weeklies. You eventually decided to start up 716 Esports, 716 Smash as like a as an org what made yeah. you want to do that so originally 716 smash was my way of rebranding brackles uh, i talked to brad about it basically i told him the other because brackles was a, a portmanteau of brad and the other guy's name yeah and i thought that if he's not around anymore and people really had a a pretty bad opinion of him as he left is it smart to keep that branding 
and you know brad was like yeah i don't know man that's that's what we got like that's already we already have a name and i'm like okay cool well i'm gonna do 716 smash and I we'll see. see where it goes and that's where so, the, the rift happened essentially we we disagreed on on venue because at the time at the time there was sort of a i guess a disagreement when it came to like what we wanted out of the community the the renaissance club was cheaper and it allowed us to basically keep most of the venue fee that went to us mm-hmm. like i think we paid maybe less than 40 bucks every two weeks oh, in wow. venue fees there yeah so and and game on at game on wanted 100 percent of that because you know we're, we were actively taking up space that could have been used for you know yeah customers right so we didn't i personally didn't want to keep using the renaissance club brad wanted to mm-hmm. i can i now can understand why he would want to yeah uh but but game on just was such a better opportunity and then when i started 716 smash i i realized that you know i can just keep doing what i've always wanted to do and in, in giving back to the community making sure that you know we have a place where it's all centralized which I'm still working on because social media is so bad, but a centralized place where you can find out about the tournaments that we're running in Buffalo, where you can know, you know, the players that we have here, some of our best players, and also shit, like can support some players. Xander, I help Xander pay for tournament entry fees and then Corey and Kabi Yeezy as well. I'm gonna start doing that once major season comes back, I guess. Yeah. But I think I think the logo is really cool. I've just wa- always wanted to own my own esports organization, and it's really easy to own one. It's really hard to own one and also like make money off of it. You you brought them up, so of course I'm going to ask. Under the seven one six banner, you have uh, I use their their tags, Corey Corey real name Corey. You know I Matters, and Kaba Kaba Easy. Uh, why those three? You know, that's the, the trifecta. Obviously, they're great players, but, like, what attracted you to the, those three guys? I guess I'll go from the the oldest to the newest. Um, first, there was Xander. 716 Smash started off. It was me. It was Crab God. It was Ant. El Finest 5. Anthony, Dr. Anthony Lopez. Um, the GOAT. We love him. Still, those guys are still around here and there i mean crab still is like a huge part of what we do week in week out ants in med school (laughs) so he can't be which i get it like yeah he um, he does what he can but he definitely he does what he can and fun fact i think one of the last things ant gave to this community was uh he helped pay for the switch that we raffled off when the game first came out oh no way wow yeah it was me crab and ant all went in on one of those and money for like pizza and and all that stuff for that event but we started off with those three and then xander became originally xander was like the you know the best player in the region for a long time until leif came to challenge him but another thing xander really does like doing is he likes to he likes to be a to and he was one of the people who i could always rely on if i had a question because i was still learning but he knew a lot of these things just from a competitor standpoint, what we should and shouldn't be doing. So I leaned on Xander for advice. And eventually I'm like, you know, Xander, Xander's doing all this TO working for us. He's the one that gathers all the data for the PR. He doesn't do that anymore. I think it's a collaborative effort now, but he's, he does all this stuff for us. You know, this is somebody who has shown that this is somebody that has given so much to the community i think that if i'm in a position to give back that's somebody who i should specifically maybe give a little bit more to just because of the things that xander's been able to do for the community controversial sure i mean he's had his ups and downs but he's been around since he was like what 14 yeah young like dude if we started when we were like I mean, you remember high school. If if we started back then, I think everybody would probably have some stories of us just being, just being wild. You yeah, know? we wasn't causing trouble, but we. I think we was annoying. 
We were you know, definitely shitters. Yeah, we were definitely annoying. <laughs> we were big time shitters. But... I will say, despite like what everyone had to say about Xander, their opinion, he was the first person when I was, you know, when we was new, he was the first person I spoke to at my very first uh, Arcway Gaming local. I asked him how to play neutral. He was like, use your quick moves. I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right, kid. So yeah, I always loved Xander. That was my guy. I regret. I I regret allowing Xander to tell you to to do anything to get better at the game. Yeah, and he you did. <laughs> that's that's we don't we don't like that. A, a good Shimer is not what we need. Hey yo, that's not what we need, bro. I've like, been feeling a little motivated nowadays, you know. Oh I've been feeling God. a little motivated. We are gonna see what happens. I do want to keep talking to people, but hey. Don't let me learn how to press buttons again. So that's Xander's story. Yes, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Corey. Corey, so this was Corey got picked up when we were at Lasertron, so that era, post game on. And yeah. I just remember, I remember watching people and thinking like, who's a good like young player that seems you know bought in enthusiastic that i can just say you know what let's let's bring you on and then hopefully you know we'll the results will the results will be there and and the social media presence will be there so i said you know what screw it i'm gonna sign Corey. it was it was sort of it was a little spur of the moment i'm definitely glad that i did i mean Corey is Corey's a great kid you know nice sense of humor uh, oh, always, yeah. always super polite, respectful. Just, uh, just a really solid guy, and I'm just, I'm glad he's part of the team. You know, he's sick at the game too. Despite what, despite, I mean, these guys all have their moments where they don't think they're sick, but it's my job to. They're always gonna be sick in my mind. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and that's the thing that I love about both of them, Kaba too, actually. Um they're all three of them not complacent you know they all want to be better and to focus on uh cory since that's who we're talking about from the very beginning you know i think you signing him at least how you explained it and i would agree it was a bit of a a gamble per se because like he was good at the game um ending at smash 4 going into smash alt but you know when ultimate came out we didn't know who was going to pop off but if there was any like rising star of Buffalo Smash from ending of Smash 4 to Ultimate now, it's definitely Corey, you know? Yeah. And not just like as a player, but like as a presence at tournaments online, like dude has glowed up so much. So that, you know, I think that's a super good pick because like maybe you saw the future or something, but you know, our, our guy, he glowed up. In terms of gameplay, you know, just everything. He grew up very well, per se, you know. Yeah, I agree. I think, I guess gamble gamble isn't exactly the word I would use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had an expectation, like, you know what? Corey's, Corey's probably going to pop off. I mean, he, he had Pokemon Trainer for the longest time. I remember in Smash 4, he came in as a Bayo main. Then he switched to Pokemon Trainer, and he was nice at Pokemon Trainer. He beat me. And that's when I picked him up. And then they put Minecraft Steve in the game, and he's just a fiend now. Yeah. Like. And the thing about him, like, he played Banjo in between that, and, like, all three characters he he really loved. He yeah. was very, like, enthusiastic about all three characters, you know, as, like, they were, like, getting released and as, like, he played them and whatnot. But now, Steve, that's his man. You know, that's his guy. So in terms of yeah. just being happy for someone having a character in the game, it's definitely a, he gets that award too. But yeah, the enthusiasm is just really one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Like, like you could tell Corey's a really genuine dude. It's nice to see that. You know what I mean? That's really that's really all I could say. Yeah, and if we could uh, talk about Upstate Summit real quick. Um, oh my God! You have all three of your players in there. Yeah. But Corey being the one that was chosen from the community of Buffalo, from the power, not the powers that be, but, you know, everyone rallied for this man. Who would have thought that ended up being the biggest vote of the three towns, if, I, if I'm correct? How, what was your uh, what was your thoughts on that as that was happening? 
I thought I thought that voting was just gonna be like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. thought it was. I, I never, I never thought that that voting would pop off the way that it did. But it doesn't surprise me that somebody like Corey won. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, it was it was really nice to have Kaba and Xander make it in just off rip because those two I think we all know where those two stand in terms of best players in upstate but Corey is one of those guys who I think hasn't had he hasn't had that shot to really put himself out there as much just because of work and school and all that right so when that vote came down and I saw it was between Fresh and Corey Fresh is another one of those players that's like he's he's where Corey was a, a, like a year or two ago I think yeah where they're I don't know I don't know how to describe that comparison but they're both they're both young they're both really talented and they're both working on this this huge following Fresh just had the the following not from the local community not saying we all don't think he's sick because I mean like come on he's but, sick and he's young um, he's only going to get better exactly bro no. but he just had all these people supporting him from like everywhere around the country which was super sick top players all that which means that of course we had to of course we had to leverage all of the people that we knew for Corey. you know what i mean so i i think that vote was a really fun thing to be a part of i'm i'm so glad it's over though yeah <laughs> i'm so glad listen man i am so glad i i think smashers smashers in general i love smashers don't get me wrong but smashers tend to get a little too i don't want to say they care too deeply about things that don't matter because that's like a dickheaded thing to say but sometimes they they do get very like they get invested. Like they get yeah. they get very invested and they say things that are very like extreme. They talk like anime characters all the time. It's like, bro, honestly, with with and this is this is pretty much all I'm gonna say on Upstate Summit, but if you think that the voting or the planning or anything like that was inadequate, like we were always going to start from we we're always going to start from like zero, basically. Yeah. We we're always going to start from not knowing that much on how to run these events and how things are going to go this first event i mean think about this does anybody ever talk about the first frostbite no yes yeah, maybe people maybe people in michigan do you know why because frostbite has taken what they had and grown to become like one of my favorite majors you know it's the same concept with anything you do right that first one might not be perfect but it's going to grow and it's going to improve. And I think if people come at it with that mindset and see that this is just going to be the start of something really cool, really sick for Upstate, instead of saying, well, I think the voting sucks and I think I, I'm not going to support the voting next year if it's if it's like this and there needed to be more planning and like, bro, like, relax. Yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a tournament for like 200 bucks in Rochester, New York that hopefully will get solid stream numbers. But realistically, we're a small region. Like, the most interaction our region has ever gotten on anything besides those videos of goggles, like, kicking the chair and stuff <laughs> has been stuff like that vote. Yeah. Yeah. So, Very huge moment like, for Upstate. So take a take a moment and see this could be something that really pops off for us. To yeah. have an invitational every year. Maybe not every year. Every six months. I'm not the TO for it, so... I just I just see it from that TO perspective though. You know what I mean? Like that's a really cool thing. But mm -hmm. to get back onto it, I'm just I'm really hyped that that Corey made it in. Yeah. Having all three players on the roster make it in is really sick. And like he's definitely the underdog people love to cheer for. So I'm excited to see how he's going to do. But before we get fixated on Upstate Summit, we do have to talk about Kaba and your decision to sign him as we're going through yeah. three of your members cuz he came uh on the scene Hot as ever, blazing through. Quick improvement. There's something about the Mario's. I think it's something that they put in the water here. But every every few years, we'll have another Mario descend down from the heavens to just be sick as hell. 
like first it was Darian. Yeah. And then and then it was it was actually it was it was Ron. It was Jamajaro. It was AKA Frost, AKA the Haitian sensation. Yes, he was sir. the next Mario to just pop up. And then there was Kaba. Kid uses the Joy-Cons. <laughs> and I I think when I decided to sign Kaba, I was like, Oh yeah, I could I could do that. Why haven't I done that already? Like that was that was just like the Corey signing, just like bringing on Xander, that was a no a no brainer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kaba is extremely talented, just a, a super cool guy. I mean, it makes sense for the Black Owned Esports org to have a black player, at least oh, yeah. one, right? Yeah. You've seen him play the game. I just really like Kaba. Like, I think his story is really cool. He's one of those guys that was just naturally sick at the game i mm-hmm. think you grew up with mrw right those two were like really close friends growing up maybe his story was really cool and I, I think he's just a really cool guy i think his tag is cool it's just like a pun on his last name i guess because he's he's a kanye fan yeah but he didn't really change it all that much i don't know man i, I the, the kaba when i make these decisions to pick somebody up it's not I don't always like think about it. Think about it. It just it just clicks one day, and it's like, oh wait, Kaba should be seven one six. Yeah, there's only been three players signed in the region, which makes mm-hmm. sense. But like, there's been like such a gap in between each uh, player signing that, from the outside looking in, it seems more, I guess, more of a deliberate decision. You know, so hearing that you, you know that it, you, you don't think about it too much, and once when you see it, you do it. It's a uh, you know. It's refreshing per se i don't know but i I'm like a, it do you think I'm you'll stick to the trio person. the trio yeah do you think you'll stick with the trio or would you be open to more people it's funny we we technically have more people i would be open to more people maybe not more smashers at this point there's there's really not that many there's not that many people right now that come to mind where i say okay here's a smasher that i'd like maybe somebody who's not from buffalo Okay. Maybe somebody who is just upstate. Eventually, if I want to grow as an org, there's there's no way that I'm gonna not sign people who are from out of, you know, out of Buffalo, right? If, right. If if the org grows to the point where I'm, you know, competing with other big organizations, like yeah, my talent pool is gonna get bigger. So maybe not Smash players. I'm always looking for creatives. I'm always looking for people who don't necessarily fit in the typical quote unquote like capital esports e mold, if that makes sense. Like I, I'm a big fan of doing things maybe unprofessionally sometimes, but just doing things differently than how a lot of organizations run. I know they have sponsors and stuff to answer to, which is why a lot of things are done that way. Mm-hmm. But for as long as possible I'm always gonna try to be different so when I look right. for people when I look for people now it's like this is somebody who's gonna help me and the organization be different um, whether that's somebody who's making content for us or somebody who's playing another game or somebody who's you know just another TO somebody who's willing to help out the community do you have you um, any other games in interest that you might want to oh, dip yeah. your toes into we technically have a, a Valorant streamer now. If you follow Rampo on Twitch, oh. he's, he's 7.6 affiliated. Okay, okay. Um, Love that guy. So, really, the the thing is, other games, I love Valorant. I love Apex. I love Counter-Strike. Um, not a big fan of the MOBAs, but I recognize their value in the esports scene. Oh, and yeah. I recognize that... Yeah. They're some of the longest standing, like coolest esports. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a lot of other interests besides just Smash and the greater FGC, I guess. But I don't know if if I could pick up if I had like a Valorant team. Oh man, that would be, be sick. sick. Yeah. That wouldn't that be so sick if I just had a squad of five and I'm just like, you know what, boys, we're going here and we're gonna compete and let's let's do it you know we're gonna do these online tournaments because running valorant lands like you have to go through riot and that's like a i I think that's like a whole process 
Mm-hmm. I do really like Valorant. I love shooters. I think that tactical shooters like Valorant and CS:GO are the best esports. Okay. What I about think mean they're greens, the coolest. Mean Greens, Mean Greens is not. <laughs> any game could be an esport, but Mean Greens is not there yet. I don't know if Mean Greens will ever get there. <laughs> but i hope that one day one day it does you know what i'm saying it's right. just that it's a fun arena shooter right? all right so um i'm going to pick your brain about your commentary career but i will do so after this break we're back all right all right zambo mm-hmm. esports oregoner you're doing that. Lead Tio in Buffalo. You're doing that. But also, beloved commentator in the region. You're doing that as well. Because, you know, when you're TOing the tournaments at the Ren Club, game on, you're commentating by, like, default. Because if, like, if you weren't, like, who would, like, would manage it? Yeah, you know. Much. But... You've developed a commentary style of your own that is very different than not just people in, like, the area, but I would say is different than literally most other commentators out there. Um, Just run me by, I guess, your, I don't want to say your commentating strategy, but, like, you know, how do you view commentary? For Smash, esports in general, you know? So it's it's changed over time, for sure. I've learned a lot of things, but one of the things that really inspires me is just the... I guess, I guess the FTC and Smash in general has this history with commentary where a lot of it is just like, basically, you're watching the match... And you hear these guys with these these crappy mics with no filters on them, <laughs> and they're just like they're in there, they're just talking shit, they're having fun, the energy is bouncing back and forth, like they're having a great time, and you watch that, and it makes moments like that pop off. Oh yeah, like like people people will always remember that gameplay, but they'll remember that call too because that's all part of it. Not saying that every commentator needs to go out trying to get that big call that big moment but i always wanted to make sure that my commentary never sounded too never sounded too stiff i think a lot of people are a little stiff when they when they try it especially when they're new because they have this idea that they need to be super professional that they need to you know not say the wrong things mm-hmm. all the time they need to remain you know impartial all that these things are true of, you know, a lot of top-tier esports casters, right? Smash is not a top-tier esport. <laughs> I love Smash, and I think that Smash should be a top-tier esport. But the fact of the matter is it isn't, which means that we have a lot more freedom with what we're allowed to do as commentators. Uh, so I've always sort of... This, this goes back to me saying I want to do things differently, but this brand of like professional unprofessionalism is something that I I always like to bring to my commentary. Mm -hmm. I like to joke around. I like to have fun because if I'm not having fun, why am I doing it? And it's true. If I'm having fun and the game is exciting or the game is interesting, I feel like that's a much better. I feel like that produces better engagement with the audience you know what i mean right like if you go back to one of probably one of my favorite sets of all time uh is boo bear versus benson obama at showdown battle royale 3 me and Mies were were in the commentary we we're at the commentary desk and the crowd was maybe 10 feet away from us so we could hear the crowd going nuts for every hit in this pools match yeah dude i remember and that then we started going nuts because at the end of the day, the people that aren't in this building need to feel that energy. You right. feel me? So that's just how I move. A lot of that stuff is just me being me on the mic. And then a lot of stuff is I'll think of something funny to say and I'll just say it. Sometimes it flops. 
most of the time, most of the time, like the off the cuff marks, just they just work. Crazy thing uh, about it, especially what I noticed when we was coming together <laughs> on Sunday. I don't. He was talking about water or whatever, and it transitioned to like getting your interior destroyed. And I think it was Corey who lost his stock right as he was finishing off the statement. And then everything you said literally just made sense. Like. <laughs> it just ends up working somehow <laughs> which you know i think that's the thing about it that makes you so fun to listen to because like you'll say something and like whenever i'm listening to it like if i'm not commenting with you i'm like yo what is he, what are you talking about and then like a couple seconds in it makes sense something happens in the game where it ties in together even more and i'm just like wow I'm not sure if this if, if this is just his intelligent design if he knew what he was doing or if he's just going off the cuff and is just working out consistently, but like, I don't know, it's crazy how it works out for you, man. It's tight. It's always fun to listen it, to. I noticed that too, and I get so happy when it does. <laughs> I get so happy when it does. There's a lot of nonsense going through my mind when I'm commentating. When usually you you have a when you watch enough matches, you get a feel for how the flow of the game is gonna go so sometimes you say okay well i could start talking about some nonsense here and if if he loses his stock here we'll transition that into this right but if not if not that's just a, a a weird non sequitur and we can move on right like that's that is what it is i've always tried to do local commentary especially like i'm just doing a podcast while also watching these guys play yeah like i when I first started out doing commentary, I think the first, the very first time I commentated was with you at Rumble in the Tundra, and that was the the tournament where uh, Goggles annihilated his controller. Oh, it was that one! Oh was, my gosh! Yes, I commentated that set when I sand beat him, and we brought they brought San over for an interview. I was off the mic at that point, but I've always, ever since then, I've always wanted to do the thing where it's like. You know, you're going to be sitting on the couch next to me watching with me. That's right. how I want it to feel. And you're going to know that I'm like a top tier bullshit artist. And I'm just going to say like <laughs> a bunch of wacky shit. And sometimes I'm going to sound like a genius. Like sometimes I'm going to sound like an idiot, but that's all part of the experience, I think. It's crazy um, how like that's how you go into it and your success rate's pretty damn high. Yeah, I I just I don't know. Like it just it comes to me. It comes to me and I just have the conversation with my co-commentator. It's it's worse when it's when it's just me by myself because then I have nobody to bounce anything off of. That's when I have to go into sportscaster mode a little bit. Cause one of the other things I take pretty pretty big inspiration from is just sportscasting in general. I'm a I'm a huge sports fan. You know, I watch the NFL, I watch the NBA, I watch Major League Baseball, I watch Formula One, you know, I watch friggin' combat sports like UFC. I watch, I'll watch tennis. Feel me? Like, I will okay. watch any yeah. sport just so I can hear those commentators and I can get an idea of sort of how their flow goes. Like, mm -hmm. what tone and cadence are they using for this moment? Like, why is this, why does this moment seem so exciting where with no sound at all, it would just look, like, kind of boring? You know what I mean? Right. So sportscasters are nice because, especially the national ones, they're able to take something as complicated and convoluted as professional sports in North America specifically. They're able to take that and they're able to make it easily digestible for, for the average viewer. And they're able to do that quickly and succinctly. And when they're excited, you know it. When something exciting happens, you know it. And right. there's two ways there's there's two ways to do that, low key. There's the the Gus Johnson method where Gus Johnson once said about Chris Johnson, the running back for the Titans, he said uh, he's got getting away from the cop speed. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. yelled that on national television, <laughs> CBS, you know, early afternoon. CJ2K had just ripped off another massive run. He's Gus Johnson is losing his mind. And then there's a guy like Joe Buck, who people don't like Joe Buck, but for his faults, his supposed faults, what you get is somebody who knows when to let the game speak for itself. Right. You know, when right. when there's nothing to be said, sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. Mm -hmm. 
Like, it's totally okay as a commentator to sit back and let the the game speak for itself. You're not on the radio. You know what I mean? Right. There could People be silence. People are watching for a what's bit. happening. Yeah. Like, I think I think dead air is something that I'm not afraid of anymore. I used to be. But if you have nothing to say, generally you should have something to say, right? Right. But some moments, some moments you can just let the game sizzle. Like when things get really exciting, sometimes I might like dip down and get into fan mode real quick and I said, oh man, I don't know. Yeah, like, what's happen? Right, right. I'm getting ready for that big moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of those reactions that you'll hear from me are, are genuine. Pretty much all of them are. I've never faked being hyped for anything in my entire life. Yeah, because like, people could tell that. Yeah. The, the, the fake hype is just really not it because mm -hmm. it's, it's usually very transparent I mean, very few people I think can can bring that consistently. But speaking of hype, the final influence, yeah, you know, alongside other Smash commentators, is just commentators for other esports. Um, yeah, like who? Uh, who else? I I don't know names okay. for for the ones I'm talking about, unfortunately. But Counter Strike and Valorant have this this commentary that really flows really nicely and it's, it's almost similar to a smash game mm. where there's sort of a build-up there's a build-up and then things start happening things start happening things start happening and then you're done you know what i mean that's each round in, in a game of counter-strike or in a game of valorant and my favorite thing is these guys are able to flip the switch from just talking about the game. You know, we're moving nicely. Oh, these guys, are, they're, they're pushing B. They're looking at this. They're looking at that. And, oh, my God, he gets one in it. You right. know what I mean? Like, then it starts, it starts ramping up. The excitement starts ramping up. And by the time the play is over... Like you're sitting there and you're talking about this 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 guy sitting at his desk playing a at, playing a computer game like he's a god. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so fun. Yeah. Like when when commentators act like they've never seen whatever shit you just did on the screen. <laughs> oh man. Because because that that does two things. That that shows that what the audience is looking at is something novel, something exciting. Right. And it also shows that the people playing this are the best in the world. Yeah. And maybe you should want to get sick like this guy because this guy is literally going bananas. Like, getting an ace in a round where he should have – it was 5v1 and he killed the entire other team. Like, that's something that should <laughs> – that's something that should be exciting, right? Mm -hmm. And I love seeing commentators getting excited for that. Yeah, because I feel like the worst thing that I see a lot of commentators do, or I don't want to say call it the worst thing, but like a general mistake is that they don't give the hype to the hype plays when the hype plays deserves the hype, if you know what I'm saying. like. Yeah. Even little things that you catch. Yeah. Right? Like sometimes sometimes you'll just you'll just catch something and it's like damn these guys are so sick right like that's so clever like that's so interesting and and that a lot of times it's hard when you're not like a top top player like when we talk about my playing career i mean i'm not i'm not really all that good at smash bros I, i'm i'm okay right right um but i watch a lot of the game from a commentator standpoint, and eventually you do learn a lot of things. And I talk to people who are good at the game about a lot of things that they do. Mm -hmm. um, but knowing when a play is smart or unique or, or interesting, when it's not maybe not readily apparent to the audience, being able to communicate that is a really important skill. Like when somebody does, I remember the first time I saw somebody use the TNT to blow themselves up as Steve to avoid getting hit by the Luigi zero to death. Oh, and dude, thought, yeah. Blew my mind. I'm like, yo, like these, every time, which is why I like Steve so much and why I'm really starting to appreciate uh, set play characters like him is that you're always on the lookout for like some nonsense thick play that you never would have thought of. Yeah. And it, it, it gets me. It genuinely gets me a lot of times. Like like I said, I don't fake any of these reactions. When I see something crazy, I'm popping off. Uh, MRW at the last weekly just took a stock where 
it was two revenges, a dash attack, a side B, and and Xander was dead. I just watched I think... that back. Oh my gosh, insane! Like, yeah, I I could not believe that, and you can you can hear it in my voice. Like it's it's a lot of times you look at the game just in this incredulous way because just like pro sports, physical, you know, meat space sports where you're smashing yourself into something or you're running or jumping or whatever, you're probably watching the best people in the world at that specific thing, right? Yeah. If I watch the NFL, like, sure, there are good NFL players and bad NFL players, but I'm watching some of the best football players on the planet. Some of the best athletes on the planet do what's basically a children's game. Yeah. A lot of these sports, a lot of these sports are just like games for kids that have just evolved to ma- and and that's what Smash is, right? Smash is a kids game that evolved to whatever it is now. Yeah. <laughs> where where people are filling up, you know, large venues, arenas and, and, yeah. and event halls and convention centers to see their favorite players play against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, to see the best in the world duke it out. To see these these crazy plays to hear to hear the commentary like i don't know about you but when top eight starts and they switch off from whoever they had doing top 32 who is usually a very good commentator yeah like, if i if i go straight from like a max ketchum and rod block to a to a tk ee and coney block Come i on. mean good for championship sunday you feel me mm-hmm. like People and like, are watching for all that stuff, and it's so sick. Yeah, and as you bring those five up, like, those are, like, the cream of the cop of commentators, right? And it's crazy because, like, when I first got into watching Smash competitively, it was, I think, EVO 2016. Yeah. Um, I think EE and TK was commentating. And just hearing them being able to commentate the game in a way where it makes sense competitively but yet still exciting with the personality and charm that they bring just blew my mind and it got me into wanting to get into the game more you know yeah and uh it's on paper you know it seems like it's easy right like when i first started commentating smash i'm like all right you know i'm gonna just get on the mic say what i see try to be entertaining with it and it wasn't difficult, but like I wrote it back and it's like there's things to work on, there's things to improve on. And this is just like another yeah. aspect of like esports that one could go down that requires skill, reflection, improvement to really get good at that a lot of people don't talk about. You have to scratch and grind for it too. Like Oh yeah. It's competitive. I'm a I'm a local I'm a regional commentator. You know? I commentate big events in upstate and Ontario. Occasionally I'll get a job somewhere in a region where I'm not well known, but that's because I know somebody there. Like it's it's mostly about making connections. Mm-hmm. But but the people you see playing Smash and the people you see commentating Smash have both had to have this really long, hard fought journey. Like oh, yeah. a guy like TK, TK Breezy is one of the few grassroots esports commentators that that makes a living just off that. Like he streams and he commentates and he's good. That's so sick. Yeah. I'm trying to get like that. You feel me? Right. Um because you know, that's that's just one of the coolest jobs in the world, I think. It's got its ups and downs for sure, but at the end of the day, you're talking for you're a doing living. Awesome. You're yeah. talking yeah, you're talking for a living and what you get to do is you get to have fun, you get to I think the level of interaction they get is a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you deal with, with fans that are like, dude, your commentary is so sick. And other times you'll deal with people saying, this commentator is so ass. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, yeah. he's just... So there's a, there's a lot to deal with in the industry, but at the end of the day, I think it's one of the coolest things ever. And I think it's cool that it's becoming more of an option for a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of new commentators coming out who you know maybe aren't like crazy at the game or whatever i've never seen a lot of these people play but i've heard them commentate yeah they're really good yeah you know like uh somebody who's getting a lot more opportunities now that i really like is uh last but but instead of an a it's a four. Oh yeah yeah yeah. he's good 
he's good really solid commentator um a lot of yeah, texas man. commentators are really good they that's a, yeah i want to call them slept on because like you know they're getting more love nowadays but from the jump once when i first watched my uh first texas regional i'm like damn these commentators are all on point leading into like the i guess the ending portion of the interview since we're talking commentary you have a commentator uh partner in particular whenever you go to the land of canada that you really gel with Mies, tell me about how that relationship blossomed between you two i got you i remember the exact tournament I'll give you some background on this event first, because this was a little bit of a controversial thing. Uh, originally, we had Rumble in the Tundra here in Buffalo one year, and people in other... We were trying to get other regions to sign up. I was one of the TOs for it mm -hmm. that year, and I was trying to get people from like Rochester and Syracuse to pull up. And the thing I kept hearing was, well, it's too expensive or this or that. And I'm like, well, shit, dude, okay. Um, so people, that was like a, a controversial thing that happened, like oh, a little wow. minor spat, right? Yeah. We get the announcement that I think it was Retro Games Con was happening in Syracuse. Yeah. And this was after Rumble, and it was pretty soon after they all just decided, like, no, we're not going. And mind you mind you the reason why they weren't going is because they didn't want to pay the late venue fee <laughs> they had a lot of time to sign up right but they didn't want to commit to it that early for for whatever reason obviously i'll never you know i'll never know and i'm not criticizing them for it but uh they just didn't have they just didn't have the means to sign up earlier and then the, the, the price of the brick went up bro it is what it is <laughs> right um so they announced Retro Games Con, they're going to do this tournament, blah, blah, blah. And on the exact same day, there is a tournament in Toronto called AMD Extravalanza. Oh, dude. Um, Great tournament. Super good tournament. I remember I got folded by Supergirl Kells. One of the nicest smashes I've ever met, by the way. Oh, I, yeah. You know. I think her uh, esports career, I don't call it underrated because people appreciate her, but, like, she put in the grind. That's, that's like one person that i really admire when it comes to like content and just grit when for it comes sure. to like grinding you know content and gameplay good for her anyway yeah i'm a pretty i, I like supergirl kills solid person absolutely destroyed me game one i realized i didn't have my control set game two and game two if you can believe this i still got obliterated that was <laughs> the same tournament where false lost to mario mario uh, somebody who I had beaten like a couple months before. Yeah. So, so technically, I'm better than False. That's all I'm gonna say on that. At least in Smash Four. So I'm at this big event, this big high budget event that I only went to. Keep in mind, I didn't go to this jet. I didn't go to this to spite Syracuse, right? But this was closer, and this had top players, and you know. <laughs> Like, I've been to Syracuse events, and I haven't had the best time there. No, you know, shout-outs to all the people in Syracuse. I don't have any enemies there. I love the Syracuse Smash scene. Yeah. But I was just more likely to go to Toronto. So we all pile in the car to go to this event. We're, we're playing, whatever. I go up to T.O. Joe, who is the EMG guy, one of the guys who like i admire a ton he's mm -hmm. been able to do so much cool cool stuff with emg uh i come up to him and i say hey man can i commentate this like is there i don't know how it works is there like you know commentary signups or whatever and he's like oh yeah we'll put you on with uh we'll put you on with Mies." and that was the first time i met Mies. really it was during that tournament yeah what a coincidence so during, during that tournament the first time we met was when we both sat down at the commentary booth together and said, hey, I'm, I'm Zambo, I'm Mies, blah, blah, blah. We just went and we just did it. I was, this was one of my, I had been commentating locals at that point, sort of, but this was one of my first, like, actual commentary. Like, yeah. I don't want to call it a gig because I didn't get paid. I just sort of asked to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, me and Mies just sort of hit it off from there. The, the chemistry, the chemistry is there because we're both, we're both, like, we're both clowns low-key yeah <laughs> like like as a duo as a duo 
one of us tries to play the straight man when the other one is geeking, but it always flips back and forth, and I always just have a, a ton of fun commentating with him. You know, we crack jokes. He's just the type of guy who shares a similar sense of humor to me. I've streamed with him before. The, uh, the chemistry is there, and, you know, he's probably one of my favorite streamers, one of my favorite commentators, obviously. Just one of my favorite people. He's a really cool guy, so... After after commentating with them once, it just it worked out so well. We said, you know what, we're I don't even think we decided that we were just gonna like you know automatically do it. But people started recognizing that if you put Zambo with Mies on commentary, some magic will like, happen. You're right? gonna get a good yeah, you're gonna get a good block. So now when I go up to the Toronto events, if Mies is attending and I'm attending, we're probably gonna get a block together, and it's probably gonna pop off because we're sick like we're just two like young black goofballs that love talking about video games yeah like, it works really what more do you need right <laughs> so but hey my friend maybe. great talk do you have anything you would like to plug anything you want to um, promote anything you want to say to cap this off i have uh, two things that i want to say number one if you're in western new york and you don't if you're in western new york and you're a smash player and you don't know about 716 smash you need to follow 716 smash on twitter you need to come to our locals you need to join the discord all of that stuff and if you're trying to get into commentary if you're trying to get into commentary this is just advice you need to figure out a way to love all the ins and outs of the game because you have so much more fun that way very true very you true. Know? Like, it's good to but be that's... opinionated, but to a certain point, because you're going to be talking about this game for quite some time, so you got to have some fun while you're doing it. Yeah. It's pretty much what it boils down to. All right. Where can we find you on the socials, my guy? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at ZamboSmash. You can find me professionally on Twitter at 716Smash. I, I think that's it. You follow me on Twitch, I guess. I haven't been streaming in months, but follow me on Twitch, uh, Zambo6969. Amazing. Follow. Don't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm John Eberhard on LinkedIn. So, oh, okay. Prepared yeah, on all fronts. Hit, hit me up, you know? Nice. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We out. Bye.